grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We're in week six of our sermon series on the Song of Songs, uh, which we've been calling All Together Beautiful. And and today, uh, we're going to dive deep into the differences in our lives between people and between man and woman that cause conflict. We're going to dive deep into the differences that that create fights in our lives. And this morning, I want to to share with you, I am on a streak with Liz. Liz and I have not fought in at least 36 hours. (laughs) It's a great streak. It's a a streak Liz and I are, are, are able to do because she is in West Michigan. And so we're doing real well. We have not fought with each other. There's no angry emojis on our text messages. Uh, It is just real peaceful. No worries. But maybe, maybe that's funny to you because in the last 36 hours, you needed a break. You needed some relief. You needed some time away. And so today, we're going to talk especially about that relationship between man and woman, but also the relationship we have between God and us. And then also how that influences every other relationship we have. Man to man with friends, female to female with friends, all of these relationships. And the first thing we hear in our text this morning is the woman. And she, she, she says very clearly, I slept, but my heart was awake. A sound, my beloved was knocking. And, and this might be strange to you because uh, in, in this culture, in this day, the husband and the wife slept in separate rooms. And the only reason you would sleep in a separate room today in 2018, if you're married, is if his snoring is just so bad, you can't handle it. So I actually know of a couple of different uh, married couples who sleep in different rooms because the snoring has gotten so bad. But he knocks at the door. And he says, open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my perfect one. For my head is wet with dew and my locks with the drips, the drops of the night. Open. Hello, I want to reconnect with you in the marital way. Intimately. And she says... I had put off my garment. How could I put it back on? I had bathed my feet. How could I soil them? He knocks at the door and says, I'm ready. And she responds, I'm tired. Maybe that's been a conversation in your relationship. The man and the woman disagreeing. And even in this relationship, which we've seen so far, is very good. What do they get in a fight about? What are they going to argue about? Christopher Mitchell's the man who wrote the commentary 1,200 pages long on this four pages of Scripture. He says, An unmarried person may hope that marriage will put an end to all loneliness and unfulfilled desire. 
Yet even after many years, the most satisfying Christian marriage, spouses still experience various kinds of pain and yearning for a more perfect joy. Even with the best, there are times of bad. And a lot of times we see these threats to our relationships as, as internal. Like there are insecurities I have as a husband. There are insecurities Liz has as a wife. And we bring these and we put our insecurities on the other person. We do this in our regular relationships too. With our friends and loved ones and family. But a lot of times the threats are not internal, but they're external. They come from outside of the relationship. And so when we think about This issue right here with the husband and the wife, how are they going to respond to conflict? In verse 4, even after the woman says, leave me alone, she gets up anyways. And she goes and, and she hears her beloved had put his hand to the latch and her heart was thrilled within her. So she arose and went to her beloved, and her hands dripped with myrrh, and her fingers with liquid myrrh as she touched the handles of the lock. He had perfumed the door handle for her, so that when she opened the door, she would smell wonderfully fragrant. It's like he's leaving her a valentine, and yet when she opens the door, she looks and she sees that he had gone. She says, my soul failed within me when he spoke. She acknowledges that when her husband called to her the first time, that it was a failure on her behalf. I should have responded differently, she says. I called him, but he gave no answer. I sought him, but I found him not. You know, the way I see this, this conflict, it really comes down to the differences that we have as men and as women, as, as boys and as girls. And I did some reading on better ways to respond when you fight with the, the significant other person in your life. And so guys, I've got some hard words that we, that I with you, need to hear this morning. And the first thing that I read was that as guys... We can be too sensitive about conflict. And I know that seems abnormal because guys, no, we're not sensitive. We're we're tough, rugged. We don't get offended by anything. No, but about conflict, we get sensitive about it. We are easily offended by the issue in front of us. And, And here it says, don't walk away from the conflict. Don't do what the guy did in the text and leave. The advice says, stay there. Stay engaged. She needs your presence. And then this one was hard for me as as I was feeling it in my own life. It says, use your words wisely. And and as a guy, maybe, maybe you don't have this problem, but there are sometimes the words come out of my mouth and my brain is just trying to get them back before they can be said, but it's too late because the words have already been said and I can't unsay the words. 
Use your words wisely. Use words that build up. Take responsibility for the conflict. Drop your pride and be humble. These are things that if the man had done them in the text, it could have prevented serious catastrophe. We'll read about what happens because he does not engage in this conflict very well. And ladies, just so you don't think you're getting off scot-free, there are words for you as well. And, and this is, again, not from me, but this is reading I did in hopeful preparation of this message, making it out alive myself. The first thing is, it may seem obvious, but he is different than you. His needs are different than yours. In the same way that the man has to think about what he says, it says here for the woman, think about your thoughts and your speech. And this is something I've, I've seen, I've read, and I've heard. It says, don't vent negatively about your husband. Don't vent to your Facebook forum of mom friends about what your husband did this week. Don't talk to your cluster of work uh, colleagues about, you know, the disappointing thing that your husband did for your anniversary. Don't whine to your girlfriends when you're out for margaritas about how, man, this is the first time in forever you've had a break. Don't vent negatively about your husband. The same way he's called to drop the pride, the woman is called to drop the pride. And for all of us in our relationships together, for everyone, the encouragement is be quick to forgive. Be quick with grace. Be quick with forgiveness. Because we are going to fight. Like, maybe you don't have the 36-hour streak that I'm rocking right now, but you've made it 36 minutes so far in this church service, and you're like, yeah! Like, maybe you do want me to preach longer so that streak can keep accumulating. And you're like, no. But when we fight, when we fight and when we make it public... We are inviting destruction in the relationship we have, and we're inviting the devil into that destruction. And we see this in the very next verse. As she's walking about the city, the watchmen found me, she says. As they went about the city, they beat me. They bruised me. They took away my veil. Those watchmen of the walls. Watchmen, watchmen are supposed to be good. Watchmen are supposed to be protectors. And yet here it seems like they are abundantly evil. You know, in Old Testament times, the watchmen were on the walls because battle was a constant presence in the people's lives. There was a constant threat of war and of invaders coming in to do damage to your city and to your people. 
And these are the watchmen that are supposed to be protecting people from harm and hurt. And yet they are the very ones that cause the woman the most amount of pain. Martin Luther, in his discussing of this passage, says these watchmen that hurt the woman are like pastors who point you to anyone other than Jesus for salvation. So if you were to hear a message of salvation in anyone but Jesus, they are hurting you similar to to the way that these watchmen hurt the woman. These watchmen are supposed to protect, but they end up harming The battle in the Old Testament times is constant. The fear is ever-present. Do we have similar problems in 2018? Not really. I mean, I am not really all that concerned about a foreign army invading America right now so much that we have watchmen around the walls of every city. I mean, my guess is that the most of you who came this morning are not from Oxford. That you drove into Oxford from outside of the city. And did any of you have to show your identification card to get through the city walls? No. We travel freely and and we are blessed and we are given tremendous gifts in America as we think about the freedoms that we enjoy. But while we do not have to fear for our physical safety, certainly every single one of us have constant battles of our own. Maybe you're struggling up here. And there is just so much going on in your life, you can't process it mentally. Maybe spiritually, you are under such strenuous attack by the devil, it's difficult for you to even be here this morning. Maybe it's another attack that the devil likes to use on us of overscheduling. Like, how blessed would you be if you showed up for your meeting on Tuesday and you were ready to present... And one of, the, one of the secretaries came in and he said to you, hey, that meeting was canceled. And you were just like, oh, thank you. Anything for a break. Or maybe you're the opposite and you're like, no, I needed to give that presentation and, and that just ratchets you up. I mean, do we struggle? Do we struggle constantly with this battle? You know, the woman says, if you find my beloved... Will you please tell him that I am sick with love? I mean, this can be our plea to Jesus. When we are struggling mentally, physically, spiritually, or with our schedule. If you find Jesus, will you tell him that I am sick with love? Because sometimes we feel like the woman feels in the text. We look for Jesus and we cannot find him. Because we look in every place except the place he promises to be found. In his word, in his people, in his sacrament. And we, we can, we can pray and plead with Jesus. Because he knows. He knows what it's like to be the woman in this passage. The watchman were supposed to protect her, but they end up beating her. 
And we, you and me, God created you and me to love him, to worship him, to praise him, to live with him forever. He created us to shower us with love. And yet it's you and me who betrayed him. It's you and me who sinned. And when Christ took the beating and the ridicule and the embarrassment, when Christ took the nails, they were from you and me. He endured it all for you. And the struggle is in the guilt. You know, Jesus doesn't ask us to keep feeling guilty. He reminds us that he's already paid the price. Justin Krupski is the senior pastor at Trinity in Utica. He said this, there's no sin memory box in heaven. God forgives and forgets. He doesn't just cover it up. He washes it clean. There are no limits to his forgiveness. And we will carry our sin with us. We'll carry our guilt with us. And it'll be weighing us down. And I've heard it said before, the sins that we cannot forget, God cannot remember. The things which, which haunt us, God has already gotten rid of. And so we remind one another of his greatness, of his love. It wasn't in our text this morning, but the others, the, the kind of chorus asks this woman, why is your beloved better than anyone else? Why is your guy number one? And last week, we heard the man talk about the woman. We heard God talk about you and me. God described you as altogether beautiful. God described you as flawless and perfect, that there is nothing which separates you from him. And this week, he invites us to speak about him as the woman speaks about her man. She says, my beloved is radiant and ruddy. He's distinguished among 10,000. She then goes on to list from head to toe all the things that make her man really amazing. And she says at the end, he is altogether desirable. And yet, if we were to piece from, from man to woman the descriptions that they give to each other, there is a difference. And a lot of times, this difference between man and woman is what's going to create our conflicts. Because I don't think like you think, and, and you don't think like I think. We're, we're different. But these differences can be a source of strength. Heidi Gaiman, the, the woman who wrote our book, which the women's group is studying on Thursday mornings at 10 o'clock, and you were invited to if you were a woman, said this. Because God created us male and female... We each have strengths to share in our relationships. Our relationships become complementary and cooperative rather than competitive. 
the differences that exist inside of each one of us build each other up. So we can look at the man and we can say, look at him and how God made him. He is wonderfully male. And we can look at the woman and we can say, look at her and how God made her. She is wonderfully female. Because this is how God describes us. God speaks of you. You are altogether beautiful. You are flawless. You are perfect. And then he invites you to speak of him. How would you describe Jesus? What makes Jesus altogether desirable? And what enables you and empowers you to call Jesus my beloved and my friend? Your Savior, who took everything, who lived, who died, and who rose from the dead for you. He describes you as perfect. He gives you his perfection, and he invites you. He invites you to follow him, to see what he would show you, to be who he would make you. He gives you peace, not only between you and him, but peace you can share between each other. Peace you can share with your spouse, with your sons and daughters, with your mothers and fathers, with your friends and co-workers. Peace. Peace. Pray with me. Lord God, thank you that you have given us Jesus, that he is altogether desirable, that through his life, death, and resurrection, we have the promise of salvation, that there is nothing that would separate us from you. Help us to see the peace which you have given us, the peace which we can share, and help us to share it with our family and our friends and everyone we meet. This we pray through the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen.